Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Whitley Penn Talks. It's your host this week, Matt McGee. I'm joined by managing partner of our wealth group, Tom Ryan, and we're here to discuss upcoming election, taxes, government spending as it relates to investors. So taxes. Uh, Taxes are a real centerpiece of the upcoming election. You have a pretty unique perspective given that you were a tax partner before starting WP Wealth. Uh, what are your, some of your general thoughts on taxes and what to expect in the next couple of years? Great, uh, and thanks, uh, thanks for having me back, Matt. Obviously, you know, during the COVID crisis, there's been uh, uh, ripe uh, categories for discussion as it relates to investing and capital markets, and and obviously, as we are n- uh, narrowing in on uh, early November and Election Day, uh, we're hearing uh, the candidates really. Uh, uh, communicate their platforms and um, taxes is certainly uh, a, a, one of the major uh, platform planks of the Democratic Party as we as we start understanding what a new administration will look like. So certainly taxes are are relevant. Um, the Trump administration, one of their signature uh, pieces of legislation was a reduction of of taxes and regulations, and you know largely they'll they'll credit uh, that policy decision to the you know, fairly strong economy that we had uh, up until and leading into the COVID crisis. You know, we were at historic low unemployment, wages were beginning to rise, there was a general you know, pretty confident uh, feel about business and investing, both you know, traditional investing and investing within business. So taxes are important. The Democratic Party has a different philosophy. Uh, on tax policy and and also you know the amount of spending that has occurred because of COVID, there has to be some uh, addition to revenue uh, to be able to uh, to account for a lot of that deficit spending. So taxes are going to be really really important. And I, I'd say and and you know I appreciate your comments about uh, my background and you know as a tax partner uh, with the firm uh, before starting our wealth group. So taxes are very important to to what we do here at WP Wealth and it's you know within the fiber of, of how we think about um, managing client relationships and, and, and trying to add value through tax planning. And I would say generally that, um, that you know, tax revenues collected by the government is traditionally stimulative to economic growth. So when you just think about how the economy works, the more, um, the more funding that the government gets the more spending that, that will occur. And when you get a multiplier effect of spending, 
generally that's stimulative. Mm-hmm. Governments typically <clears throat> don't save, they're spenders. So, you know, I would say, so on the margins, if if a party or, or a political uh, party comes in and adjusts taxes higher on the margin, that's probably stimulative. Because you think about it, you know, if you're taking taxes from higher net wealth individuals or higher income folks, you're probably on the margins taking that out of savings. Because if you make a significant level of income, you consume what you're going to consume. There's typically excess income that goes to savings. So if that that marginal tax uh, comes um, to the cost of savings, that's probably stimulative because saving is contraction contractionary to an economy. So on the margins, it's probably stimulative. I think where you get into a problem is when uh, increases in taxes are material or more than on the margin, you may find that you get some dislocation of capital, that decisions are made um, that maybe are not stimulative, that if the rate gets too high, that small business owners may question the risk return characteristics, that if taxes are too high relative to the risk necessary to generate that income, it could be contractionary. So certainly taxes are going to be really important, but I think on the margin, um, probably stimulative to economic growth. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, While taxes may be a centerpiece, there's obviously no guarantee that even with a new president, the taxes will change. Uh, What should investors know to be prepared for either outcome this November? Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. You know, if if the economy is still weak, you know, even though uh, political campaigns will make promises or, or state policy decisions running up to an election to try to uh, influence their base or, you know, create uh, the right um, attitude towards um, the electorate that they're trying to create, you know, ultimately the economy has to be in a place to be able to justify and absorb that. So to do something to an economy that is weakened, that would drive it even further into a slowdown, it certainly doesn't make sense. So yeah. even though the Democrats are running on, you know, pr- proposed tax changes or tax increases, Ultimately, the economy's got to be in a position to absorb that. Uh, otherwise, it, it probably won't happen. And then on top of that, you've got you've got to deal with Congress. So right now, we're split uh, power between the Senate with the Republicans and the House with the Democrats. And so we're going to have to see what happens in balance of power in November as well. So just because you want to or you run on a platform of raising taxes if you can't get it through legislation or you don't have the the, the votes it doesn't it matter. doesn't matter yeah so you know I, I think you know most of our clients understand that uh, obviously you know the news as, as it evolves will give people different thoughts and opinions about the probability of that and um, they'll react to it you know whether it's uh, doing some estate planning uh, if, if you know they sense that the exemption credit is going to change or Recognizing capital gains, if you know capital gain rates going to go up, they'll react to it uh, based on the information that they have. Yeah, you've hit on a lot of this, but uh, the government spending being stimulative, the economy. Uh, what are your observations on government spending as it relates to investors and capital markets? Yeah, so you know, I made the comment <clears throat> earlier: government spend. They're not in the business of saving, and no. so. 
even though you may hear you know some some talk about balancing budgets or reducing spending you know there there hasn't been an administration in my uh, lifetime that has actually spent less than the previous administration so government spend spending is stimulative to economic growth there's probably you know a balance between you know spending too much and not spending enough relative to inflation and interest rates and and things like that but both parties are going to spend and we saw it in the Trump administration with, with the deficits, even even pre-COVID. You know, we were mm-hmm. running a trillion-dollar uh, deficit budget, and and certainly every administration prior to Trump, it's been the same. I guess the question is, you know, who is the beneficiary of that spending? And I think that that definitely differs. So, you know, spending from a Trump or Republican administration probably. Uh, the recipients of that probably are business, either in the form of tax cuts or incentives or credits or deductions, which ultimately is, is in a form of spending. Um, and probably, you know, in a Biden administration, it's probably more the individual taxpayer, you know, focusing on getting benefits or tax attributes to lower income uh, electorate. So certainly the the beneficiaries of the spending may differ, but both administrations will spend, both parties spend. And again, spending, I think, is really highly stimulative to economic growth generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked a lot about taxes and government spending. Wanted to take a quick second and talk about what the Federal Reserve has been doing as as it relates to capital markets and investors. Yeah, so you know the uh, the, the Fed has been very active this year, uh, in, largely in response to uh, to COVID. But but even before then, you know, had, had been very accommodative to economic growth. You know, coming out of the Great Recession of 0809, the economy really never, you know, got fully functioning and and uh, operating on all cylinders. We we've been at extremely low uh, interest rates for the last. You know, ten or twelve years, the Fed balance sheet that was expanded through accommodative measures back in 08 and 09 really hadn't materially shrunk. So the economy had has needed the Fed's you know uh, heavy hand or pressure for the last ten or fifteen years just to uh, to operate in 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 the capacity that it's been in, and, and certainly COVID has taken that to a whole different level. Yeah, you know, I think the I saw recently the the Fed is uh, has expanded their balance sheet by you know five to seven trillion dollars in, in various different measures of accommodation and credit facilities and buying bonds or, or what have you and and certainly cut interest rates down to zero. You know if if it was difficult to get out of the game from 08 and 09 after 10 or 12 years, I would imagine that after COVID, it's going to be, it's going to be equally, if not more, challenging. So I think I think the Fed's interaction in capital markets and the economy in general is going to be something that we'll probably live with for the rest of our lives. Um, you know, there's some uh, there's some discussion about whether their mandates have expanded from full employment and stable pricing, which you know is the traditional Fed mandate, to uh, supporting industries or or certain uh, companies and you know we saw that in 0809 when they uh, made decisions about how they were going to certain or in, impact certain industries and certainly that's the case on a, on a broad scale and it's not just 
the U.S. Federal Reserve and central banks really around the world that are all kind of, you know, playing off the same uh, playbook, if you will, in, in being accommodative and supporting economic activity. So I, I think they're going to be around for, you know, a long period of time and, and whether they ever step back, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit on it a little bit there, but uh, it feels like the government took a playbook that took a year or two to figure out in 08, 09, and is now applying it much quicker. Uh, what are some of those lessons that, that they learned and how it's kind of helping us today? Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we, I think we talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast that the, the speed of reaction you know, as compared to 08, 09 was tremendous, both yeah, the speed like, yeah. and, and the magnitude. You know, I saw, uh, I saw a chart recently where it kind of listed a number of days it took the Fed to into various uh, policy maneuvers back in 08 and 09. And, and, you know, in some cases it was up to a year mm-hmm. uh, before they fully implemented things. And, and I think it's important to remember, and we, I think we did a talk on this before, but a lot of the policy decisions and, and moves that were made today didn't exist or had never been done before 08, 09. And so they were largely developed and crafted, if you will, to respond to whatever the particular issue was in the, in the credit markets or liquidity or the market in general. And it took a while to, to test, to try, to develop, to add doses before we finally got positive reaction. You know, we had the benefit of, of 10 or 12 years of studying and analyzing and determining uh, the effectiveness on a lot of those policy decisions so that when the, the self-induced, you know, shutdown uh, of the economy because of COVID happened, they, they knew the policy tools, they knew the effective approach, and so they were able to respond immediately. And, you know, we, 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 we've seen the charts, I think it was a, a 10-day period between the bottom and the Fed interaction and when the markets turned and started going up, it happened very quickly. And I think largely it was because of the speed and the degree of uh, effect that the Fed was able to uh, uh, apply to the economy this time around via lessons learned from 08, 09. Yeah, you have to imagine that we'll learn a ton from this experience as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think they, you know, uh, more so this time on um, Treasury, decisions on, uh, you know, the government going directly out to the consumer, if you will, mm-hmm. and providing that life life support on liquidity, whereas the Fed has traditionally kind of been behind the scenes in the plumbing, if you will, on, you know, capital flows uh, with the major banks and with the liquidity needs of organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a very different conversation than typical investment returns and markets, uh, but something we know that investors are definitely concerned about. So we wanted to hit on all the things that we just did. Uh, what are some of your closing thoughts on taxes, the election, another round of stimulus as we near closer to the election in November? Uh, you know, so I would say generally, uh, both parties want to be perceived as um, the source of helping out those in need. Um, there's nothing better than to uh, be a giver of support right before you're asking for a vote. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting now, you know, we're, or I don't know if this is round four or whatever that is being debated 
uh, in Congress right now as far as uh, aid or stimulus, whatever you want to call it, package. But it is turning political because of the of this season. So the, you know, without a doubt, there's need. Uh, and the enhanced unemployment benefits have run out. A lot of the other supportive individual supportive measures are either have run out or coming to to an end. You know, PPP and the things like that. Um, and and both parties are using this opportunity as um, um, a way to address the needs of their constituents, but add some carrots and caveats in there. They're trying to accomplish uh, their own particular goals. Um, so, uh, you know, the longer that goes on, uh, the public will, will put an opinion about who the good and the bad guys are in this, but ultimately there's no doubt that there's still a lot of pain out there and there's a lot of need for support. Um, and I would imagine that um, both sides will claim victory at whatever is done and that they were the, uh, the adult in the room, if you will, in leading the charge to get the outcome that um, supports and helps as many of the constituents as possible. So I think, you know, uh, and, and as, as we've mentioned before, this is not just isolated to, to United States. I mean, it's the same issues around the world. Everybody is suffering. There's going to be a lot more need that uh, needs that need to be resolved and, and taken care of. So, you know, uh, just um, kind of understand the the political nuances as they are. But ultimately, I think we're going to see something get done that will help support. The I think what's interesting is you know um, through all the all the noise and commotion and volatility that that we've seen. It, it just it, it goes back to some of the things that we talked about in one of some of our initial uh, podcast about you know developing a plan, having an actual strategy and understanding the framework upon which you know your own personal wealth uh, situation is 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 um, dependent or reliant on uh, on the economy and I think that's you know those those are the clients that we've worked with those that have the opportunity to work with other advisors that really focus on the plan probably have fared better to this point you know we're I think the markets are largely back to their their pre market yeah, I mean, meltdown highs or above are. that or um, and so it just it just goes back to you know it's it's really impossible to take uh, bits of data. Um, you know, in the current environment, and, and and make decisions, and be right to be right about them. I mean, the, the market is so fluid; things change so quickly that as long as you, you're fundamentally leaning on a plan that you've developed and and you, it's been well thought through, and the time frames are appropriate, you're probably in a better position, and it takes some of the anxiety or the need to react or move away. And I think, you know, certainly we've seen that with our clients and I'm sure you know, other investors or uh, folks with managing wealth that have, have bounced that off of a logical plan have probably had a similar type of, of response and reaction to it as well. So. Absolutely. Well, if you like what you heard and interested in discussing your financial plan, uh, you can find us at WPWealth.com, uh, Apple Podcast, and LinkedIn. Tom, thanks for doing this. Great. Thanks for having me. Look forward to, uh, to doing it again. Mm-hmm.